Let's do a show. It's FT Live on a Friday, getting close to the end of the regular season. Braun, Kratz, Danson, Krasinski, flustered, just back from Ohio. Missing Ohio already. And Locaine. No. Where in the world is Locaine? I see Brazil to your right, Locaine. Oh, yeah. I just got back from Turks and Caicos, so, you know, I took a little trip. So, uh, oh, yeah. my goodness. Where's that at? Where's that at? Can you point yeah. that out for us uh, in the map? Uh, definitely can't find it. Oh. Oh, somewhere over here. Somewhere over there? Okay. Bahamas area. You're so geographically yeah, challenged. Okay. <laughs> right here. Boom. Can y'all see it? <laughs> yeah, I like it. You know, at some point I was thinking maybe in the playoffs, if there's a weather situation, we can have Locane do a weather report. I feel like he'd be good with the green screen. I like it. I right? like it. Okay. We'll put you to the test at some point. We'll see if you're better than Mike Trout. Trout's the one obsessed with weather. Anyway, let's charge the damn mound because, oh, and I'll throw this in there. Matt Gelb in 10 minutes on the Phillies, Ryan O'Hearn of the Orioles, uh, Ken Rosenthal of FT, and Paul Seawald, closer for the D-backs. Everybody that I just listed will be joining us during this rocking two hours on Stadium and then on the FT YouTube channel. So, yes, let's charge the damn mound. Got a lot to get to. AJ? You're going to be our reporter on the scene because you were just in Ohio and the Orioles lost. I was kind of joking around with you like, oh, you got the Guardians, but you got the Guardians against the Orioles. This is still a legit division race. So Orioles fall. Let's get your take on. No? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's over. they're two up, but they won the tiebreaker. So they're actually three up in the loss column. So, I mean, there's only, what, eight games to play, I believe it is, nine games to play. Three yeah, up with nine or... games to play, eight or nine games, that is that's a huge mountain to climb, especially for Tampa, who's playing. I think they I believe they play Toronto twice and New York in between. So yes. I mean it's a it's the a, Yankees. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge mountain for them to climb. And and listen, I know the Guardians won last night, but the Orioles get to play the Guardians three more times this weekend. Although it is Bieber and McKenzie's coming back, and I believe Quantrill's pitching in between. So, I mean, listen, the Guardians are throwing their best out there. But, listen, here's the thing with the O's that they need right now. They need bullpen rest because last night, Brandon Hyde talking to him, he's like, well, you don't want to use certain guys. And he ran them out there and they struggled uh, because of the they played four against the Rays, huge series. Then they went to the Astros. And now they're playing the Guardians and they're trying to keep the Rays at bay. So they need somebody to go out there as starter. And Grayson Rodriguez only went five last night. They needed him to do – Again, what he did against the Rays and go seven or eight. Instead, he went five. The Guardians did a great job running his pitch count up with a ton of foul balls. But listen, I mean, this race isn't over, but three basically games ahead with eight or nine to play, that's a big mountain to climb. Mm. Well, the Rays are trying to counterpunch with Junior Caminero. So he gets called up from double A. He's 20 years old. His slash line down there was electric in 314 ABs, 20 homers. Slugging percentage at 548, on base at 373. And yeah, the Rays did pick up a game on Baltimore with their walk-off, a two-run ninth inning. They ultimately take down the Angels. You had the Manny Margot blue pit to win it, and Eflin was pretty solid early on. So they're going to at least give it their best shot. And if you look at the production at shortstop for Tampa Bay, it's not been great since Wander Franco who uh, was put on admin leave and obviously probably never going to see him in a raised uniform again, um, at least not for this year. We can talk more about what happens in the offseason with him. But Basabe comes in, 
a little bit of a flash early on. Now he's at 213, 600 OPS. Taylor Walls had the super hot start to the season. He's a great defender, but he's 204 with a 656 OPS. This is an infusion of offense, Kratz. This is also somebody that doesn't have to play every day. There's other dudes around the league right now that have gotten called up, like Pete Crow Armstrong's not playing every day. But you're like, well, he can definitely help us right now. Let's see if the bat plays right off the jump. And also, he can play a little third base, too. So I know Paredes can handle that, but it gives them more versatility, flexibility, and they need to hit. They definitely need to hit. I think AJ will attest to it last night. Hyde, yes, he didn't want to he didn't want to bring his bullpen guys in, but when you don't score runs, you have to bring your bullpen guys in. The Rays are still trying their best to try to catch the O's. I agree with AJ. I don't think it's going to happen, but when you bring a guy up like this, my mind goes to a Xander Bogarts. I think he was 20 when he got called up for the Red Sox. He was a shortstop of their future. He played third base. If you hit and you look like you are ready, they are going to put you in there. And the Rays are not afraid of doing something that I think in other large markets, teams or the media or fans would really get on you. If this guy doesn't do great right away, this is terrible. This guy's got 20 pumps in double A as a 19 slash 20 year old. 19, I mean, 20 home runs in the Southern League is no joke. The ball is goes nowhere in that league. So I'm excited to see what he's got. This guy kind of came out of nowhere with some of the how they how they acquired him. It's just like the Rays just the Rays are raying right now. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Locane, if you're 20 years old and you've got talent in the minor leagues right now, you're a big leaguer. We talked about it a lot yesterday, but it's very different from when you were a rookie. I mean, guys are getting called up quickly. We spoke to Baseball America's Kyle Glazer yesterday for a while, and he had some really interesting insight about it. So if you missed it, you can flash back to yesterday or listen to the pod. But it's a 20-year-old who's being thrust in there, and I've been pushing this theme out there all year. Worst case not hitting much. And there have been cases like I'll bring up Jordan Lawler who gets called up from the Diamondbacks. Not doing much right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got a little big league time, dude. You got more work to do and might not be a big part of the playoff push for them, but he's a big part of their future. Yeah. I think he'll, I think he'll be just fine. You know, um, like you said, the game has changed a lot. You know, um, teams are not afraid to call up young guys anymore. So, uh, that's, that's the biggest change we've seen. So, um, yeah, he's bringing that energy. Um, they're going to need him down the stretch. And ultimately, I think the Rays end up winning this division. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. But I'm I'm, I'm very high on the Rays right now. Wow. Wow. AJ. Oh, wow. Very high. Okay. Do you very know, high. Low, have you looked through the Orioles play after they play the Guardians this weekend? Hey, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the okay. Orioles. They, they, play the Na- they play the Nationals the next three games. So see, the okay. teams like that. Oh, yeah, those are the teams that are dangerous. Yeah, okay, low cane. Come on, low cane. I'm yeah, just saying, and teams they, that have nothing to play for are dangerous. That's and then they then saying. they finish with Boston. So yeah, they they definitely have a schedule advantage. So low cane, you would rather you would rather play the Blue Jays, who are fighting, crawling, going to be pulling their starter out in the third inning because it's like a playoff type of scenario, or you'd rather play the Nats. Who are throwing out Jake Irvin. Yes, I would definitely rather Come play on, Lokay. Don't do that to I'm me. I'm just saying, teams <laughs> that have nothing to play for are dangerous. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'll th- leave that there. But we'll see what happens. You know, time will tell. I the like biggest it, thing, listen, I like it. 
if the, if the thing for me is the tiebreaker. If there mm-hmm. wasn't the tiebreaker game, because these two very well could end with the same record, but the Rays lose the tiebreaker. And that there's no playoff, there's no coin flip, there's no anything. Orioles, mm-hmm. it's basically another game for them. So that's to me is the, the thing. And, and Scotty, to your point, it was interesting yesterday talking to Brandon Hyde about, well, what ha- it's the worst thing that happens, you send guys down. We've talked about this on this show where sending guys down sometimes hurts them. Brandon Hyde's like, I see nothing wrong with sending guys down. We sent Grayson Rodriguez down. Look how good he's come back. So we're all for getting him up here, showing them what they need to do to, to stay at the major league level and sending them back down. So, Scotty, Brandon Hyde is on your side, brother. That's right. Also, what do we do if we get to the end of next week and the Rays end up taking the division? We'll do something for Lowe. Look, yeah, look, I really appreciate. Well, I'll, I'll be ready and prepare for you guys to uh, do something for me. Boy, yeah. Locaine, you better, better put your money where your mouth is, Locaine. I think we each do a we each do like a one minute speech, just to saying all the nice things about Locaine. Each of I us always for say one nice minute. things about Locaine. But... That is true. You know, I want this to be like formal podium style speech that okay. we'll do. Okay. That's fair. So, listen, microphone and everything. Listen, <laughs> that's the, the Rays, exchange. I, I think no one will be more nor surprised if the Rays win this division. Forget Locaine than the Rays themselves because it's a big mountain to climb. I mean, it could happen, but it is a large mountain. Agreed. Okay, so now we also have playoff games going down this weekend, unofficial playoff games with the Rangers and Mariners. Schedule makers nailed this. Kratz, seven games between those two still to go. So good. Astros lead by a half a game. Jays are up on that wild card spot by a half a game. They lost to Cole and Jake Bowers and the Yankees last night. So I'll go over the rest of the sketch. Houston has three against the Royals, although they didn't look good against the Royals last week. And then three at Seattle and three at Arizona to finish their season. The Jays, as we mentioned just before, have six more against the Rays and three against the Yankees, who... I don't think you're getting sweeps out of the Yankees right now, even though their offense isn't great. Yesterday they handled them, so that that could be a two out of three situation for Toronto. Seattle's got those six against the Rangers and then three against the Astros. That's tough. And then Texas has six against, or seven make it, against the Mariners. And I think I said six, seven for Seattle against the Rangers, three against the Astros. And for Texas, same thing, flip it, but they also have three against the Angels. When you add all of that up, how is this playing out? I'll go to our resident Aristotle, Lorenzo Cain, first to call the American League playoff race. So who we know who wins the East. We know who wins the Central. According to you, the race, you'll have to flip it and give the Orioles that wild card spot. But I'm looking for the winner of the American League West and then the other two wild card spots besides the Rays and the Orioles go. Oh, besides the race, I think um, I'm also going with the Astros, you know. Um, to win the division? Yes, to win the division. Okay, so now we're looking on the screen right now at the AL wild card. So who do you have out of Seattle, Texas, and Toronto? Texas, Seattle, Texas, Toronto. Oh, man. You know, and I'll go with Texas to uh, get the wild card spot, you know, because I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm pulling for Chris Young. You know, I played with him. And also Dayton Moore. I'm pulling for those guys. So Texas to sneak in the playoffs. AJ, you saw a lot of Texas. Are they going to get in? I, 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 because of uh, Locaine's going to be so wrong on all this, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so when he's all wrong, I expect him to give us a speech about how wrong he was. But the thing is, they play seven games against each other, right? Who, who, who are you taking right now in a, with no Scherzer, of all these not full strength? Are you taking 
Kirby, Castillo, Gilbert, Wu, Miller? Oof. <laughs> or are you taking Dunning, Evaldi, B-Dub, Heaney, Martin Perez, Montgomery? I, I just think that it's such a hill to climb. I think Toronto gets in, and I think Seattle gets in. And if we would have said this two months ago, Texas wasn't getting in the postseason, so we're crazy. I just think they don't they miss because they're just their starting pitching is so banged up. It's it's music to my ears, Kratz. AJ just loves the Mariners and their starting <laughs> pitching. It's almost as if he's been watching and listening to FT since what March. It only took it only took 154 games for him to finally. <laughs> And you guys haven't been living together. Had you guys been living together like you were earlier in the season, he would have just he would have kicked the Mariners to the curb. <laughs> I'm going I'm going to kick out a team that I that you guys haven't said yet. I don't know that Toronto does it. I don't know that Gosman can handle Barrios can they can handle what the rest of their schedule looks like. The Rays their hope will be that the Orioles win the next six games in a row and the Rays don't have a chance, the last three, that could be Toronto's hope. But with Vladdy not starting, I don't know what's going on with his knee or whatever that was. I have Toronto on the outside looking in. I also don't know the tiebreaker with Toronto and the Rangers, but I agree with AJ that the Rangers are going to be the, the not the odd man out. I have them as a third wild card. So I, I think... I think the Mariners take the division. I want the Mariners badly to take the division because if they do, as soon as they win it, I'm going to bet MGM, taking my plus money, and I'm getting plus money on Mariners and plus money on the Brewers, and I'm going to cash that in. Oh, to meet up in the World Series? Yes. Those two? Yes. I like it. Wow. Mariners, Brewers? Just because of their pitching staff. You know how <coughs> sorry. The, Mar- <coughs> the Mariners. <coughs> oh gosh. The Mariners bullpen is so unbelievable. Now it doesn't matter that I just finished reading an article about them, how they like picked all these dudes off the heap and they just keep throwing them out there and they just keep they're like they're doing so well and they're all so rested. It's unbelievable. And what the Brewers are doing, I love it for the plus money. Yeah, I can go out and try to make like six or seven dollars and bet on the Dodgers and the Braves and you <laughs> know your your Orioles Orioles teams. I'm looking for that big plus money. I love it, and I can't wait for this weekend of baseball. In some scenarios, I would go, "Oh, MLB hates that matchup for the World Series based on the markets." But actually, those two markets for a World Series, though, no, you're still a no, AJ. Brewers fans haven't seen a World Series in a minute. Who do I work for? You're such a corporate man. Stop with the corporate. Listen, okay, so listen, there's not, the a, there's not one team in the AL. I, I, now, listen, this has not been told to me, but I hear enough things. There's really not one team in the AL where they're like, oh. I mean, Baltimore is kind of the one that they're like, okay, Baltimore, East Coast. But yep. Houston's been played out kind of, right, there because they're mm-hmm. there every year. Seattle doesn't have a huge fan base. The Rangers, the Cowboys are good, so the Rangers are kind of eh. Okay, the Twins are the Twins. I mean, listen, Minnesota's a great baseball town, a great city, but they don't draw TV audiences. You go in the National League, you got Atlanta, you got L.A. I mean, Milwaukee's the kind of the one on the outside for me. Uh, I mean, if Atlanta or L.A. or Philly, listen, that's jackpot for the, for the National League. But the American League, there's not – listen, if it's a Tampa Bay, 
I don't know, Tampa Bay, Milwaukee series, and if there's going to be oof, some, some bad numbers coming out. So what? I'm here for the plus money. <laughs> Thank you, Bet MGM. Thank I'm you. And I know, and I know, Locaine. I'll get to see Locaine if the Brewers, if the Brewers make it to the World Series. Locaine, I'm there. Oh, there. He's, he's stretching his arm already, trying to throw it out that first, second, third, and eighth pitch. All of them, Locaine. If that's the World Series, they need to get some serious lighting sponsors because that those are two poorly lit ballparks. <laughs> Tampa Bay is a joke. Obviously, Milwaukee. They just they're, they're telling their city right now how much of a joke that ballpark is, and like semi-threatening to leave and trying to get all that money from the city. But um, they're like Milwaukee. We don't have air conditioning. Tampa Bay. We don't know what lights are. So it'd be like really, really pretty lighting for the World Series there. An aesthetically pleasing series. Old corporate, old corporate AJ doesn't doesn't want that game to happen. My boss is at Fox. <laughs> no, they don't. The umpires are not going to be calling the games fair because yeah, I see, I see you with your conspiracy <laughs> theory. I see. Hey, you. all I'm going to say is if Locaine does get to throw out the first pitch, he better not Stephen A. Smith it. Okay, ooh, I mean you better get it there because there's a history of dudes on this show. Me, Frazier, and Kratz went halfway. We all got it there. So if Locaine gets to do it. He better oh, not have, Stephen A. Smith it. I, I have some practice now. Did you not see the one in Kansas City? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, but that was from like, wasn't that from like center field? No, no, no. I threw it from the uh, from the mound. My kids uh-huh. threw it from center field. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lowe still has a cannon. You're good. We'll talk about Stephen A. later with Mac Elb, who writes about the Phillies for The Athletic, joining us on a Friday, Mac. Good to see you, dude. And I actually want to start you off with a Braves question instead of a Phillies question, just because the news is super fresh. Max Freed placed back on the injured list. I know obviously he can still do his thing in the playoffs, but it just means you know he's not going to get one more start. Looked pretty good yesterday, but the blister looks like it's popping up as an issue. And I'm just wondering, from your perspective, seeing a lot of Braves Phillies lately, if Max Freed is not himself or not able to go deep into starts or maybe not even pitching in the playoffs because the blister continues to be an issue, how much does that tilt an advantage towards the Phillies edge, not necessarily still giving them an advantage, but does it help their cause? I mean, certainly. I think the advantage is still with the Braves because you can still look at and say Spencer Strider is starting game one because of the way the schedule is with an extra off day in there. He can come back and start game four. So if you're the Phillies, you still have to beat Strider twice in a five-game series, and Strider has been uh, excellent against them with last postseason start, the exception. And... (laughs) You know, Freed is really good. And if you take Freed out of the equation, and even if you're getting Freed, you know, let's say he comes back, you know, he'll have not have pitched for about two weeks. And even if the blister is healed, not being uh, on the mound for more than two weeks, so, you know, could hurt his effectiveness. But you take him out and then you're looking at Charlie Moore in game two, Bryce Elder in game three, uh, not, not as formidable. Uh, the Phillies just faced Bryce Elder and um, he was not around the strike zone. Phillies really... Uh, had some good at-bats against him, and I think drew five walks against him and maybe four innings. And uh, having Freed in there uh, makes the Braves even better now. Like that said, like the Braves lineup isn't affected by this, and they're still the best lineup in baseball. Made the best lineup ever that we've ever seen. So I still give the advantage to the Braves, but I think it just evens the playing field. And we saw last year, like in a five-game series, weird things happen. And uh, I think right now the Phillies and the Braves, if they were to meet each other in the LDS, I think it would be a hell of a series. So you said the you said the Braves lineup is that legit, and yet the run differential for this year, while the Braves took all the, you know, I think it was five, was it five and eight? I think the Phillies were against the Braves this year. The run differential 
total, because we're talking about the Braves offense, was one, the Braves had plus one more runs scored than given up than the Phillies. So it, while the win losses are one thing, are the Philly, is the Phillies offense just as good as the Braves offense or enough good enough if they're not just, if they're not as good? I don't think it's as good, Kratzy, but I think it's, it's pretty close. And again, in a five-game series, you know, those margins are really thin. And like you could, we saw last year, the Phillies hit a bunch of home runs in the playoffs. And what is the formula for winning in the playoffs? It's hitting the ball over the wall, having two really good starting pitchers and two or three guys you can really, really trust in the bullpen. And I think right now, I look at the bullpens and I'm, I'm picking the Phillies over the Braves. And that's even with the Phillies having some, definitely some some concerns of late, um, I thought Jose Alvarado was terrific last night, and he, you know, he was such a key for them last year. Um, but in terms of the offenses, right now you go down one through nine, and yeah, I'm taking the Braves over anybody right now. Um, I, I think the Phillies have a, have a really challenging lineup for any pitcher to go at. Um, that said, Strider has handled them <laughs> pretty well this year, and again, you'd have to face him twice in a five-game series. Matt, quit being a homer, quit being a crutch, okay? But, oh, the Phillies lineup. I mean, okay, the the Braves lineup is historic, and I know they only had a plus one run differential, but I'm sure there was a game in there because Kratz and Braun tell me all the time, run differential doesn't matter. So now it matters when Kratz wants it. But that's a whole Uh. different story. Now, now Matt, (laughs) you have to give – I will say this. I know you're going to pick them because you're, you know, a Philly writer and you don't want to get booed when you walk into the press box. I totally get it, okay? But I say this. The Phillies aren't afraid of the Braves. The Phillies aren't afraid of the Dodgers. The Phillies aren't afraid of anybody in the National League or the American League. And if they walk into any series, without arguing, you could say the Phillies are the favorites with Nola, Wheeler, Suarez, whoever the third starter is. Alvarado comes back. Kimbrell's been great this year. Their lineup. So who stops the Phillies? If you say they beat the Braves, then the Dodgers are the team because they're not going to be scared of the Dodgers with their starting rotation. I mean, AJ, I think it's the Braves. I mean, the Braves are the team that, to me, um, I guess, like, if you're drawing it up, like, you want to get them as early as you can in the playoffs. The shorter the series, the more variance, the more weird things that can happen. I feel like if the Braves get past the NLDS, I don't know if anyone's beating the Braves in baseball in a seven-game series. I mean, that's just their, – their lineup is just – it just destroys pitchers over times. It really does. And once you feel like you've gotten through a few guys and all of a sudden here's another guy and, and, and he and he makes you pay for your mistake. So uh, – Right now, though, AJ, like I look at the National League, and I think I think the Braves are the best team, and I think the Phillies are the second best team. And I know that sounds crazy, especially some Phillies fans who might be listening because they're like, the Phillies haven't been playing well. People have been really frustrated because it hasn't been maybe as good as they expected it to be. But uh, I see this team as a team that rose to the moments last October, and I think they are built again uh, to have October success. The roster is whittled down to, you know, the nine or ten hitters that you trust the seven or eight pitchers that you trust. And I think you could take the Phillies top 17 players in their roster. And I think they stack up well, just about against anybody, maybe except the Braves. All right. Now compare, we need to know what it's like being there every single day compared to last year. I was there, I was there last year. I tried to tell you that this team could make a run in the playoffs. And you said, Meh, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, this is, this is my Matt Gelb face. I don't think so. But even last night, Nick Castellanos in his post-game interview said, we're a different team than we are last year. said, last year we were together, we were pulling for each other, but we didn't have the experience. And he alluded to the fact that 
we're confident. We have the experience. What is the feeling like around that clubhouse? Because last year, besides Matt Gelb, it wasn't just you. A lot of people thought, eh, you know, you might. I heard a couple times when I was leaving, uh, you know, start, start scheduling your October plans. Like, they're not making it very far. Howard Eskin said it. Oh, screw these guys. He loves the Eagles, though. So whatever, Howard. But what's I, it feel like down there? Yeah, I mean, it is different. Uh, I mean, the vibes around the ballpark have been different all year, I think, because there's been incredible crowds. Uh, and I think they knew they were going to get an attendance boost after you win the National League pennant. But it's been those random Tuesday nights and those Thursday nights where the ballpark is just packed. And I think, yes, there is a certain confidence around this team because, in my opinion, Eric, like it's, it's, a, it's a better roster than it was last year. And, and I know it's weird because they, they won the National League last year, but I think overall this is a better roster. I think pitching-wise, yes, there are some questions. Aaron Nola is a huge question going into October. You're just not quite sure what kind of version of him you're going to get. But I think they have a deeper bullpen, a deeper number of pitchers that they can trust in October in the playoffs. And so I, I, the vibe around the team has been, like, let's, let's, get it, let's do our business, let's get in, and let's make sure we're trying to play as many games as we can at home. Let's get that four seed so we can get that first series at home. And let's see if anyone can come in here and beat us. And, yeah, I mean, having been there and having done it, that just gives you an extra um, piece of armor. You know, when you go up against struggles or you face adversity, you say, we did this last year. No one thought we would. We did. And now everyone thinks that, you know, the expectations are higher, as they should be. And we know what it feels like. We know what it's like in October. And I think having that experience has just, uh, just made them more confident here coming down the stretch because really, I mean, they can lock this thing up in a few days and that's going to give them a few days to just get everything settled and ready to go in October. Speaking, speaking of crowds, you know, um, getting an opportunity to, you know, play in Philly, you know, as we all know, if you don't perform, they will literally boo their players off out of the stadium. So from me, my question is, has 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 the vibes changed or are they not, you know, booing their players as much? And also can you give me a little insight on that throw from uh from Nick the other night? I'll start with the throw, which was I, I, I don't know. I mean I think everybody in the in the clubhouse and you know in the dugout afterwards said it best. I mean I think that everyone thought that he should have dropped the ball. Like let that ball drop. Um, because the chances of making that throw and getting him out at the plate are are slim. I, mean, I don't know what the chances are, but they were probably less than 20%, maybe even smaller than that. And so, you know, that's that's the game-winning run right there, and usually you're just going to let that drop. But um, I guess to Castellanos' credit, I mean, he, he made a heck of a play. Like, uh, it, was a, it was a phenomenal play, uh, and I think it got everybody pretty fired up. And it's funny because, you know, they have not been good in extra innings of late. Uh, they had lost five... Uh, extra inning games in a row until that game. So, I mean, that was, that was a big win for them. I know, you know, you look at the standing, it's like, look, they're four up and, um, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. But I think that was just a good win to say, look, we came out of Atlanta with a series win. Um, we did it in very dramatic fashion. And it was a heck of a play by Castellanos, who's, who's having a great year. He's now got a career high in RBIs. Uh, he's, you know, he's been a consistent offensive performer. He's been better in right field. He's had his ups and downs. He was an all-star, but he's had some slumps. But, uh in the end, he's having a productive season. So uh, as far as, you know, the boos, Lorenzo, I mean, it's <laughs> – they still boo. You know, I know a lot was made about, you know, lifting Trey Turner up, and I thought that was really cool. That was a great moment in the season where Trey Turner, very clearly a talented player, a great player, one of the best players in the sport. 
was going through a, a really bad slump, a really bad struggle. I mean, it was about four months at that point. And I think people liked how uh, he wasn't hiding from it. I mean, he was, in fact, probably wearing it too much. Um, he was being really self-critical, and you could see that he needed uh, a little love. And his teammates have been giving him love for, you know, ever since the season started. But uh, I think it was neat to see uh, what the fans did. And it definitely felt him. It definitely helped him feel more comfortable, more relaxed. Um, he's made some swing adjustments that have probably helped him sustain, you know, the 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 uh, the success that he's had now for, I mean, almost two months now. Uh, and he's playing like Trey Turner. I mean, he's playing like the guy that they gave $300 million. And that, that's been a huge boost to them. And I think to the point about the lineup, they, they have guys up and down the lineup who can knock it out of the ballpark, not as frequently as the Braves can, but there's power threats really uh, one through eight, I think, in this lineup. It's the series we all want to see. Can't wait for it, hopefully, in the playoffs. Matt, great to uh, have you on here. You survived the hot seat with this whole crew. They're spicy Friday. Uh, we'll see you uh, down the line, and uh, have a fun weekend covering these guys. See you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Matt Gelb. You can read all of his work in The Athletic, and also we'll post some of these clips on Twitter so you can follow him there as well. AJ, do you have some shades? Do you have your yeah, business face? I do. All right, I'm going full business timing. mode right now. Let's go straight to oh oh we have contenders here. Mm-hmm. I forgot my real. It's okay. We'll, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll put these two against each other. Would you rather take Shady Ray's option A, as in AJ, sporting one of the newer looks with his premium polarized Magnum. sunglasses that you will not have to break the bank to acquire, <laughs> or that guy, <laughs> Eric Kratz? who quickly would have you going, hold up. I know I just ordered that pair, but I know that if I return them within 30 days, I can either exchange them or get my money back because all of a sudden (laughs) it's lost its luster. And you think that Kratz's screen froze, but it has not. But anyway, we appreciate what Shady Rays puts out there and also hooking RFT fam up with the best discount of the season i know a few people in the comments yesterday said they used the code so appreciate you and let us know how those polarized sunglasses work out for you use the code foul f-o-u-l at shadyrays.com it's for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred fifty thousand people Let's talk rookies. We're going to get some graphics help from MLB nine innings. So first off, I just want you guys each to think about the answer to this question. Your favorite rookie to watch slash like guy you'd want on your team. It doesn't just have to be best. Like you like an attribute about him. You like the way that he's playing ball. Think about that while we watch the kid, Ken Griffey Jr. starring this little bit. Hey, outfield in. Easy out, everybody. Easy out. Like I said, easy out. I said, easy out, buddy. Want to play another nine innings? Not so tough now. 
That is so good. That fires me up. Uh, Trap and Griffey and company starring in uh, the MLB nine innings trailer. So, okay. We're focusing on rookies. MLB nine innings is going to be a big part of some of our segs coming up over these next couple months. FT's favorite rookies. Nice and simple. We'll get a good look at their rookie cards as we do that. And you can see QR code on your screen on how to download MLB nine innings. It is free. I'll give you more info in a sec. Who wants to go first? Favorite rookie to watch? Eric Kratz, you raised just your hand. about his teammate. His teammate was just on, was just on here. Corbin Carroll. End to end, beginning to finish, rookie of the year, runaway. This dude is an absolute beast. 25 homers, 50 stolen bases. Like, I don't know. I, well, he hits with two eyes. So I don't know why he gets a 76. That's the lowest. This dude is incredible. And just like if a pitcher says you run the bases like a bat out of hell, then you run the bases. And that is what this team does. And they feed off of this guy's twitchy energy. And I know why he went first low, because he wanted to make sure that he grabbed Corbin Carroll and said it before anyone else did. It's very Kratz-like teacher's pet. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I got another guy for it, bro. Got another guy for it. My guy is Rorschel Lewis. You know, he's... He's a guy that's full of energy, full of athleticism. You know, um, he's overcome a lot of injuries, you know, to be in the position he's in today. I think he's towards ACL and had a ton of other injuries, but he's brought a lot of energy to this team. Um, kid with great attitude. Let me tell you. And he's a grand slam machine. Let me tell you about it. So, uh, yeah, he's fun to watch. And uh, I think he's going to be a great addition to this team for a long, long, long time. Yeah, look at that pop. Look at that pop go. And obviously, you can boost your value with your rookie cards. Like, if you pull multiple rookie cards, you can pair them together to, to boost certain attributes. And for Royce Lewis this year, we might need to create a Grand Slam attribute just in those yes. specific moments. I mean, we just had him, too, earlier this week in Cincinnati. And he's like, you know what else helps? When you step up to the plate a lot and the bags are full. But still, I'm like, dude, four freaking Grand Slams in one season from him and five in his very young career is insane. AJ, you got a rookie that you like if you have a uh, team you're putting together on MLB nine innings, who you who you bringing on? Yeah, I'm going to Baltimore, and I'm grabbing the guy who's going to win the AL Rookie of the Year, Gunnar Henderson. Why? I mean, I know Kratz loves Corbin Carroll, but Gunnar Henderson, 27 homers, 80, 80 ribbies, OPS over 820, and he has a higher war than Cor- Corbin Carroll. Why? Because he plays a premier defensive position at shortstop. And as Brandon Hyde told us yesterday, he makes a play every single night that you just stop and go, wow. And he's only 22 years old. This kid's going to be an absolute man child when he gets it all figured out. He already is, but it's only going to get better playing in Baltimore. Lock him up, Baltimore. But I'm going with Gunnar Henderson. You know they won't. That's why your team will take him. Yeah, too late. (laughs) Too expensive. Too late. I'll give a shout-out to – who I think is going to finish runner-up for the National League Rookie of the Year to Carroll, Kodai Senga. He's been great on a team that has not had a lot to be excited about. I mean, they've gotten what they've paid for with him. And the thing that stands out to me, as you can see, he brings the velo and the ghost fork. I love when you play to the marketing of the sport. It's got a signature pitch. He has the the multiple looks on the gloves with the ghost on it, playing to the ghost fork mantra. Keep doing your thing, Kodai, and good luck with you and the Mets trying to recruit 
Shohei Otani over to play in New York. But that, that dude stands out. I just wanted to give him a little bit of love. As you can see, um, MLB nine innings, 23 is available for free to download. You see the QR code bottom of the screen, and that will give it to you right there on the bottom right corner. You can scan it and download it. Um, game features baseball heroes of the past, City Connect uniforms, power rankings, and, and you can really enjoy it anytime you want and download it with also the link that we'll post later in the description of the episode. We'll throw it up there on Twitter too. It is free to download. So check that out and we'll go over some positional rankings and show you player cards as we continue along here into the postseason. Let's hit hot corner. Oof. I think we just have to bash some media personalities on a Friday and just get it out of our system, okay? So I want AJ Przinsky to start off. Yeah, let's let's sizzle here with Stephen A. Smith's performance <laughs> on the mound for uh, the New York Yankees last night before the game started. The ceremonial first pitch from a dude who doesn't even like baseball. Well, first of all, why is he throwing out the first pitch? Let's just start with that. He hates baseball. He says baseball, whatever. He says it every day. Shohei Otani doesn't draw fans. To the game, yeah, he does actually draw a lot of attendance. But then you go out there after saying all these things about baseball and you throw this pitch that like went like 42 feet and probably on the radar gun was below the uh, school speed zone at 20. Look at this thing. I think it was – was it Higgy or Boycrats that caught it? He should have caught it barehanded. And the best part is he knew it right away. As soon as he let this thing go, we'll just drop your head and go hide somewhere. Because that thing was – that was all – that's one of them – you know, with all the hype, and I'm sure he was talking about it on his show, but, I mean, come on. Like, you got to be better than that. At least throw it high. At least then you can say, well, I missed him high, but you can't one-hop it like that. Can't talk about baseball when you don't watch it either. I mean, this guy, he is – I don't understand it. The biggest thing for me out of this whole thing, Higgy with an absolute snag catches it and pulls it back in. That's my guy, Higgy, and that's the, what I'm taking out of Stephen A's lack of baseball knowledge was the fact that he probably had no idea who he was throwing to, and he just enjoys the clicks talking about Shohei, saying, like, he doesn't bring – like, read an article one time about the highest-grossing athlete in America this year based on based on value that he brings to a franchise. Don't All right, well, we have it. Out. We have it, Kratz. Let's run a little clip from Stephen A. and his absolute love for the game of baseball. First of all, do me a favor. Tell a baseball community to shut the hell up. Let me Why tell you what. Why would we do that? Let, let me Why would we do that? Uh, I have four oh, whoa, 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 be quiet. You're going to call up. You're going to ask me a question. Let me answer. Blasphemous. I know baseball, the sport, what happens is because I'm so busy with other sports watching it, I don't get to watch as much baseball. But the reason why we don't watch as much baseball, Fuzzy, if you did your homework, is because people don't care ratings-wise when we're watching baseball. We're trying to change that. Huh? Are people not watching baseball? I'm pretty sure it's still the number two revenue sport. Hey, no secret, the game and the league has work to do on promoting its players, on getting rid of some shithead owners. There's definitely work to do. Every league has work to do. But also, game's doing pretty fine. I mean, he's, he's acting like... Like baseball's going out of business next year, AJ. You better look at the ratings and you better look at the numbers. Attendance is up. Ratings are up. All of it's up. And I'll also say this, and Stephen A. Smith, he loves him some basketball. Low Kane, tell him, we don't have no load management in baseball. You uh -huh. play your ass out there every day. It don't matter where you're at, back to back to back for 19 straight days. Guess what you do? 
you run your butt out there to your position and you play. So, I mean, listen, baseball is different. And the reason baseball numbers, I think, struggle is because it's for 162 games. And nobody on earth can watch 162 games every single game and, every, you know, 81 games for a season ticket. That's a lot. But don't say that baseball is struggling because with the new rules they put in and with a new pitch clock, I mean, right now, baseball's on the up for me from every number that you can possibly look at. Attendance, revenue, uh, ratings on TV. I mean, it's it's on the way up. Agreed. You know, the only complaint for me was, you know, from everybody, I think, was the games were too long. So now they, they fixed that. And now, you know, I'm not sure what he's speaking to because the game is doing just fine. I mean, we, we're going to have to put him on that. What's that football show? The, the Come On Man show? I'll put him on that show, man, because <laughs> Stephen A., that's ridiculous, man, okay? Yeah, yeah, give him a good – come on, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Um, all right, in, in, on the topic of media personalities dying for attention, my, my, uh, my old friend at MLB, Brian Kenny, put this out today. Um, we don't have to watch the clip. It doesn't matter. His contract offer to Shohei Otani is eight years, $320 million. I don't reply to most of this stuff. I don't want to give it much attention, but I did have to reply. Also, notice the topic bar. Is Otani a roster headache? I said, LOL, I can't tell if this is serious or not. Is this how to finish 28th in the Otani sweepstakes? Oakland A's owner John Fisher might even beat this offer. Kratz, how'd I do? I mean, that was mic drop. I wish I would have seen this tweet from you. I just did it during the show. Oh, I'm definitely going (laughs) to. I'm definitely going to follow this. Like, are you serious? What did he say? Eight years, 320 million? Literally, there is, there is a, I read an article about the value that he brings based on econ major from, I forget what school it was, but the value that he is creating based on everything around him is somewhere in the $337 million range. And it's based on like people traveling to come, just commerce. Commerce around Shohei Otani, not just not just oh, what does he bring to the field and all that stuff. And you're going to say 320 million on a owner-driven network? Don't put that out there like that. Don't put that out there. This is not how this works. We're not going to manipulate Shohei Otani's contract by putting out absurd numbers that wouldn't even be. What would that make him like eighth or tenth in baseball in salary? If you're not stalking, if you if the first number is not a five or a six, you're not even in it. The Rays, the the Rays probably were following Brian Kenny's whatever that was tweet or comment he was making, and they were like, "Dang, I think we might be in on Otani." <laughs> are you showing us AJ any oh, kind no. of um, symbol of? where the answer came from, like someone's you know, got him by the baseball. This, this isn't even like worth the time to discuss because this is just dumb. And I agree with Kratz. This is Brian Kenny working for the owners, trying to start off really low and manipulate some salaries. I don't know if he's that smart, but it's just, it's, it's, it's just so ludicrous that he would even say this because he's Mr. Stats and Mr. Shredder guy and Mr. This and that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, eight years, 320 million, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, Kratzy. The Rays are like, we're going to get a new ballpark in 2028. Maybe we can get in Otani at this rate. Jeez. This is worse than – this is – sorry, Locaine, I'll let you comment, but this is worse than the gift that the A's gave to Miggy. <laughs> Jeez. That's why they gave him such a cheap gift, because they're going to get in on the show Otani sweepstakes. They can find <laughs> $330 million somewhere. 
Oh man. Oh my like, goodness. I guess it's not about hey, 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 CBS man. to pick that up, I guess, huh? Yeah, Piggy. Sorry, dude. We <laughs> forgot. We did get all of the A's to sign this. Most of them won't be on the team in a few years, but um we love you. None of them have almost none of them have probably played against him. No offense to the A's, just like most of that roster, you know, was in the minor leagues last year. So they're like, remember all your friends? They all signed this wine bottle that we just picked up across the street. Can I can I say, I mean and it's also an inappropriate gift based on what yes. Biggie's gone through. Like maybe I'm maybe I'm stepping out of line by You're saying not. this. You're not. But like that's inappropriate. That is bringing something up that he has battled with and if you know anybody that's ever had any kind of alcohol issue, you don't just battle it and then you're like, "Oh, I'm good." It's something you battle your entire life and for them to even if that's like the most expensive rare bottle you could find in all of Oakland, like that's so inappropriate. That is so zero forethought by them. And they should, and they should really, they should post an apology. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Miggy. It's Miggy for God's sake. I mean, it's like, Hey, the coach, Hey, stop by and grab, grab a bottle of wine real quick before you get to the field. That's, that's the kind of gift that is to me, you know, let's stop by before we get to the field, grab something real quick, everybody sign it. And then we hand it to Miggy. You know, Miggy deserves a lot more than that. And uh, he's earned it. He, he deserves it. So, I don't know. That's that's a poor piss gift for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. There was not much thought put into that, and you're right. No, Kratz, you can totally say that. I mean, Miggy battled alcohol issues, you know, early on in his career. It's not an appropriate gift at all. It's a lack of judgment, homework, the whole deal. It is so poorly constructed. Also, Lo, what do you got for Shohei Otani? Five hundred mil, like Ken Rosenthal put out an article. It was like he's a lock, basically. I'm paraphrasing for five hundred mil. I mean, if he's signing in the 300s, he might as well just pay a team to take him, you know? Or should we get to that point, too? Like, you know what? You're going to market me so well that I want to pay you for my services. Yes. Everyone's going to show up. Whoever he signs with, if the number doesn't start with a five, then what are we talking about? Like, we're wasting each other's time. We're wasting our, our time talking about this. If it doesn't start with a five, hey, what are we doing? So Shohei is going to, I mean – the kid, he can do a little bit of everything, and that's what you want on your team. So, hey, I agree with Kratz. I agree with AJ. Spot on with what those guys said. So, hey, we'll see what happens. But I, I expect him to get a ton of money. And anyways, I've never been a big fan of Brian King as well, the shredder, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> never been did, a big fan. <laughs> did, did he not rank you high enough? Uh, Probably, but, you know. You're not I even just, watching, I've actually. I've just never been a big fan of him. You know, his yep. numbers and the way they crunch numbers and all of this. So, we'll see what happens. But, Shohei, go get your money, kid. Yeah, BK, you have my number. That that was just a trash take. I don't have to watch the clip. It's just when you put a number out like that, you're not watching the rest of the baseball world. You're not talking to baseball executives. Like, 300-something? I, I It was hard for me. That's why I'm, I'm scrolling through, and I just I couldn't resist. And it was during the show. I was looking for something and I was like, oh man. So there we go. We had to do it that one time. Uh, let's slap. Kratz hats, baby. What do you got? You got a little fancy arch on the back that I see there. It's not fancy. My first ever Pirates Big League Camp spring training hats. They were brutal. They don't fit my noggin. 
<laughs> it's just they built the like all all spring training or slash they turn into the BP hats. Then they don't they don't consult like people with ginormous heads or bald heads. Man, you can't be putting you can't be putting the the mesh in the back. You get all the dots on your head in spring training, and you can't be getting these shallow like eh, doesn't even fit hat. Yeah, that's that's not great. Not not their best work. They need to get the Navy SEAL dude on that to fix it. Um, let's bring in our AMP callers. So you can follow us at Foul Territory on AMP. Uh, name, favorite team, question or comment. Go ahead. Kevin? Hi, guys. My name is Kevin, and I am a San Diego Padres fan. Uh, Ken touched on it briefly, but... I was curious on your guys' take if you guys think the Padres have a legitimate chance to make the wild card race, especially with the uh, Cardinals coming up today. Loken, you're the bold one. You have the Padres? Okay, I'm the bold one. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. <laughs> really low. Oh, man. Hey, hey, I'm taking all bold takes, you know. You know me. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the optimistic one, you know. So, hey, yes, keep believing in your team. I believed him early in the season, so hey, why change now? Stick with him to the uh, to the end, and we'll see what happens. They're four games back, and they would have to leap one, two, three, four teams to get to the third wild card spot with about a week left in the season. Win hey, out. they're Win playing out. good ball. They're out. Did you say they're out? Win out. Win out. Win out. Yes. I still don't think they get in if they win out. I mean, they've won seven in a row. It's cool. And Fernando Tatis Jr. basically said too little, too late. AJ, do you want to put it nicely? You know who's going to eliminate them? The White Sox the last week into the year. It's going to happen. They're going to win six in a row, and they're going to be at 13 in a row. They're going to be right there, and then they're going to play those mighty White Sox, and the fighting Chris Getzes are going to send them home. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's and as, uh, as Todd said earlier in the year, Pedro Griffel is going to have something <laughs> that he can <laughs> – that he can finally celebrate for this year of just nothing. Uh, listen, the Padres are done. I mean, they've been done. They're the most disappointing <laughs> team in baseball. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, yeah, they got hot late. I mean, they do have a favorable schedule. They play the Giants. They play – I mean, they really don't play anybody. So, I mean, they play the Giants. They play the Cardinals. They play the White Sox. It, it's there, but, I mean, are they going to win 16 games in a row? Jeez, uh, I mean, it would be amazing if they did. It would be amazing if they did and still – don't make it by a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, would, okay, well, no, if they win nine more, that puts them at 84 wins. Uh, I don't think 84 is going to get it done for them. I don't no. either. That's why. It's just a little too little, too late. But, Kevin, good call. And I will say they at least made themselves relevant that I just want to see how many they win in a row to end the season because one of those win streaks would have been nice earlier in the year. I I'm with you. Just super disappointing year based off the talent there. And a lot of good articles coming out right now about what's going on there. You can follow us at Foul Territory on AMP. Um, also, we have a giveaway that is running right now. If you're into Roger Clemens gear, you like the post that we put up on IG, follow Teza Energy, um, Foul Territory Show, and Roger Clemens. Tag three friends in the replies, and you're automatically entered for a chance to win this set of four dugout mugs that you can see on the screen. If you're on the pod, you can follow the post, obviously, to see what's going on. It's They're all signed by Clemens, Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, Blue Jays, mugs. It's really cool. They have a spot for him to sign, and then Teza gear of course, teaser products for you on the screen that will also be sent to you. And two more things. One, a shout out to Sean Doolittle, who officially announced 
um, his retirement. I'd love to get him on soon on maybe a Legends or something. I, I'm not going to read all of this right now because otherwise the, everyone will probably kill me. We'll go way over time. Boy. But 11 incredible seasons playing the sport, and he sends a really heartfelt thank you um, to his teammates, managers. The whole deal goes down the line, and we'll try and sum it up and bring him on pretty soon. I'll send a note out to him. But um, really cool to get that note. And Doodle said, see you tonight at Nats Park. We're going to party. So he's doing the reverse Strasburg, AJ. They invited him, and he's actually going. They're not going to pull anything back last minute. <laughs> well, you never know with the Nationals. They could change their mind. They could want him to give some money back at the end. And Sorry, Sean, we were just kidding. Ha ha. <laughs> hey, here's 20 free tickets. Bring your fam and friends. Last minute, they send him a bill for like 20 grand. Oh, for sure sending him a bill. Like, hey, uh, we also found some room services that you didn't pay while you were here. <laughs> Thanks for that World Series thing that you did for us. That was nice, but checks in the mail. Classic. Did you come across Doolittle at all, Lo? Yeah, I, I faced him a few times. That's about it. The yeah, fastball. never ball. really spoke, you know, but we have faced him a ton. Fastball up here. Yep, fastball. I love me some lefties, too. You know me. I love some lefties. Oh, Locaine, you just, you just dropped it right into the triangle, right behind <laughs> second and first base. Just a little Locaine jam. Oh, little jam job, full swing, right over the first baseman's head. Yep, knee hurts, steal second. Yep. Brought home on an RBI single. Just sometimes you got to find a way to survive, you know, and that's what I did. <laughs> the king of survival, Locaine. And lastly, let's finish with Eric Kratz starring in the latest, well, I guess it's the second latest now version of um, the power rankings. No, it's still the latest. So I was reading this. I read the power rankings, the athletic every week. There have over the past 150 years of baseball history, but some darn good do it all ball players, Oscar Charlton, Ricky Henderson, Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Trout, Eric Kratz. This is real. This is really in the article. Steven Nesbitt put it in there, Kratz. Did you see this? No. <laughs> no, that's funny. What, what, is, what are they putting me in there for? <laughs> and, and it's like you can't tell, obviously, if they either just – I was like, did they mean to put someone else? Was it a joke? But they put Kratz in there. Nesbitt was on the show recently. Is, is Kratz on his mind? AJ, did you see that? And when you do see it, your thoughts? Uh, I think that Nesbitt's playing a trick on all of us right there because he just wanted some clickbait from Kratz and his 1,700 family members and all the teams. <laughs> so he's like, oh, if, I, if someone Googles Eric Kratz or click on this article, and then they'll read it and be like, oh, he was just kidding. I think he well, might have been like, oh, but, was a two, but listen, Kratz was a two-way star now. Don't forget. you know, he That's why like, I put it, maybe. Yeah. He's I had to, about I had to see what players. the numbers – what the numbers – why, why – why my name came up on there? I don't know. Maybe maybe I got I got to read more Steven's stuff, or maybe did I did I say something bad to him when he was on here? <laughs> I, I felt like I was nice. Okay, I'm DMing Steven right now. Nesbitt, you're getting a DM from me. You you are the star of the end of the Friday show. So we'll see everyone on Monday. Happy uh, early playoffs weekend in Major League Baseball. Fun one today. See you Monday, everyone. I won't be here Monday because I'm hanging out with all my other buddies, Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Trout. <laughs> and me, I'm coming over. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L 
for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 